At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Well, this morning I'm starting a new series, and, and the title of this series, Jesus, Savior of the World. Man, I like that title. <laughs> I like the title. Jesus, Savior of the World. And um, for the next few weeks leading up to the, the Sunday before Christmas, um, I'm just going to, well, th- this is what I feel like God said to me. Um, the world needs to not be confused that he was the one, but that he is the one. Can you say amen to that? The world needs to not be confused about that. And for the world to, to understand it, the church has got to understand it. You know, um, this is the Christmas season. This is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. You want to celebrate Hanukkah with your Jewish friends? That's all great. But that doesn't replace this. Hmm? That doesn't replace what the Jews did in the second century of winning back the city of Jerusalem in several battles and, and, and saw victory in a battle in the second century. That, that's all great. And, and you can celebrate that with your Jewish friends that celebrate that. But that ain't this. Now, I know that's bad English, but I'm telling you, that ain't this. He is the one. I've got a number of Jewish friends, well, a couple of Jewish friends that I know of or, or, or acquaintances that are not born again, and they're still looking for this one. But He's the one. He's the one. He's the Savior of the whole world. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says that what's good and what pleases Jesus our Savior is that all people be saved and all people come to the knowledge of the truth. All people saved and all people coming to the knowledge of the truth. That's what makes Him happy. That's what pleases Him. All people. Because He's the one, and it's our responsibility in the earth to make sure that every human being knows He's the one. Everybody say, He's the one. There's not another one. There's not ever going to be another Savior, and nothing is going to change for the better in your life until you know Him as number one Savior, and then you begin to know Him as Lord of your life. Many people that attend church services just like this throughout this nation don't know Him as that one. They don't know Him as that one. And there are many people that maybe know Him as Savior, but they've never experienced Him as Lord. What pleases Him is not just that we're saved people, but that we come into the knowledge of the truth. And... 
I'm just going to today, kind of laying some foundation what I'm going to share in the next few weeks, but today I'm, I'm just going to look at a number of verses of Scripture that talk about what I'm telling you right now. And I want to start in Luke chapter 2 and the 10th and 11th verse, and this is after the birth of Jesus, right after the birth of Jesus. And there were shepherds in the fields, and they saw the light, they saw the star, they saw, they, they saw a sign from a distance. And it says in verse 10, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. In the literal Greek, it is the Savior. The Savior who is Christ the Lord. He was the one and He is the one. There's only one. And He's it. I don't care what books people write. I don't care how convincing other people can be. There's only one. I had a person one time give me this book that said, All Roads Lead to Heaven. And I thought for a minute, what roads are they talking about? There's only one road. Hmm? There's only one way. There is no other way. And I tell you, in the climate in which we live in today, we've got to know that and believe it, and we've got to live it like never before. I'm not talking about shoving it down people's throat, but if you don't live that, and you, don't, and, and you can be talked out of that or kind of persuaded, or maybe there's a little in that, but that'll, that maybe stuff will affect you in a lot of other ways too. There's only one, and there's only one way. And the angel came to those shepherds, and he told them, don't be afraid. This is the one. Can you say amen? And the thing about it is, and what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks, is that he's the one for everything. You know, if, if he was just the one that was saving me from hell, how many know that'd be enough? Huh? Right. He saved me from hell, my destiny being in hell. And if that was all it was, that'd be great. But that's not all it is. And as we're looking through Scripture, I want us to think about that and meditate on the fact that today He's the one for me. He's the one for me. 1 John 4 and verse 14. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as what? Savior of the world. The other thing I'm going to interject in the next few weeks is that you and I have got to remember that He's not just the Savior of the church and the people that believe like we believe. He's the Savior of the world. And He desires that none perish but everybody come to the saving knowledge. Everybody. For the world to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, you've got to believe He's the one and He's the one for everything. Well, Pastor, what do you mean for everything? Well, he didn't just save my soul, save me from hell, 
save me and forgive me of my sins. Thank God that he did, but he healed my body and he delivered me of everything and anything that could ever come against me. He has liberated me. He's the one for everything. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the provider. He's the everything. He's the peace. He's the joy. He's everything. He's the one. And that's who we celebrate this Christmas season. That's what he told those shepherds in the field. Don't be afraid. He's the one. The one has come finally. The one has come to the earth finally. Some received it. Many rejected it. It's that same way today, but what I'm believing is, is that everybody come to the saving knowledge. Before Jesus comes back, everybody gets saved. That's what I'm praying for. (laughs) My list of people that I speak that over every day is growing by the day. I'm believing everybody come to the saving knowledge. Yeah, but Pastor, not those people. No, no, no. Especially those people. Especially the people you don't like that irritate you and grate on you, especially the people that are the worst that people consider the worst, especially those. That's his desire, that everybody come to that. Amen? Jesus, the Savior of the world. John chapter 4, and I'm just going to read the 42nd verse, but this this was after Jesus had gone to the woman in Samaria he had, he had met her at the well. He spoke and prophesied over her about her life and her future. And she was astonished, and she went to tell her people, um, I've met the Savior of the world. And they were skeptical, and whatever, Jesus come and he, he comes, and he spends a couple of days with them, uh, with, with the whole group of people. And they had kind of started believing that it was true based on what she said because of how touched and impressed that she was that somebody could tell her about her whole life and know know nothing about her in the natural. And in verse 42, the people of Samaria said this, her friends and family said, then they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have, have heard him and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. This is indeed the one, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the Savior of the world. He is the one that everybody had talked about for generations. Generations and generations and generations they talked about him, but he's the one. They begin to spend time around Him. The way you and I spend time around Him today is as we spend time around the Word. As you're hearing this Word preached today, it'll do something for you if you embrace it. That's why we talk about Scripture so much, because you need the Word preached, and then you need to take the Word and let the Holy Spirit reveal to you the truth of what is really being said to you today. Man, the, the scriptures I'm reading to you today, man, you spend any time on these, man, God will give you a, a boatload of stuff. I mean, revelation will come to you. Supernatural revelation will come. You spend time around Him, then you can say as they said. Well, Pastor, we, 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 don't, we believe, we, we believe in that you believe, but, but we believe today because we're spending time around Him. 
He truly is the Savior of the world. He saved me. He was the one. He saved me from everything. From everything. Savior of the world from everything. I love this passage in 1 Peter, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. Um, 1 Peter 1, and starting with verse 18. For you know that your lives were ransomed once, and for all... and for all from the empty and futile way of life handed down from generation to generation. It was not a ransom payment of silver and gold, which eventually perishes, but the precious blood of Jesus, who like a spotless, unblemished lamb was sacrificed for us. Now watch this. This was part of God's plan For he was chosen, Jesus was, and destined for this before the foundation of the earth was laid, but he has been made manifest in these last days to you and I. This plan of redemption that God had for you and I, this whole plan was set up before Adam and Eve messed it up in the garden. Before Adam and Eve. This plan was already set. He already had the Word of God becoming His Son and Him giving His Son and His Son coming into the earth the same way we come into the earth through a virgin that had never been done, never has been done, never will be done. All the scientists can get their head together. They can't create that. Not what happened with Mary. She was impregnated by the Holy Ghost. That plan, he said right here, was set up before the foundation of the world. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he's there for us. And he was that one. He's the one that was planned, that manifested, and that is alive and well today for you and I. He's the one for everything in your and my life. There is no other one. There's no other answer. You, you, you can search for answers everywhere. You can go after gold, gold and jewels and riches and the things of the world, but it's in God's Word and the revelation of His Word that you find out who you are and whose you are. And I'm going to read a couple of verses of Scripture in, in a moment that tell us who we are in comparison to Jesus that Most people have a difficult time accepting and receiving, and that's what you have to learn to receive so that you can make it through anything and face anything and overcome anything that you face in life. Anything. Ephesians 1 and verse 4. And I'm going to read this in the Passion also. Ephesians 1 and 4. And in love, in love He chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. He already had the plan for your life before the foundation of the world. You know, he didn't create Adam and Eve, and then things just kind of deteriorated there, and so he had about 4,000 years to figure out what to do next. And so for 4,000 years, he's thinking, you know, well, well, I'm going to create this next group of people, and I'll have the plan for them, and then this next group, and, you know, 1,000 years later, this group, and they, no, no, no. He had a plan for everything and everybody before the foundation of the world. 
He had the plan for your life and your destiny before you were even thought about. No matter how bad our upbringings were, no matter how bad we face things in life, God's the one with the plan. Everybody say, He's the one. He's the one with the plan for you, and He's got a plan for everything in your life. Not just, you know, He had a plan for you in your career. No, He had a plan for your life, which is your destiny, to fulfill everything He wanted fulfilled in the earth. You know, where, you know where people mess up? People mess up because they're on time. They're thinking, well, yeah, but you know, I wasted all those real good years of my life. <laughs> there, there's never been a bad year created by God. Did you hear what I said? Nothing's ever been bad. We've made choices that have made things not so good, but listen, Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and you tap into the things of God, and you realize He's the one in a greater way than you ever have in your life, and you realize that who He is and what He's already done for you, and that He has a plan for your life, and it's already set up, you can live the rest of your life tapping into that plan, getting free of old plans that were not His, and tapping into the plans that He has for you today. Old things are passed away. Everything is brand new. When? Right now. Right now. You can say that tonight about 5 o'clock. You can say that tomorrow morning about 8 o'clock. Old things are passed away. Everything's brand new right now. And what you choose to do every day, how you choose to live the next hours and days and months and years will determine whether you fulfill the plan and the purpose of God. Moses lived 80 years getting all the junk out of his life so he could live the next 20 years in the purpose God put him on the planet for. I mean, you could say, well, you know, he was adopted and he was left, you know, and his mother gave him up and you know, she gave him up for his life so he could live. And well, you know, poor Moses, you know, he had a rough road, had to live in the palace all those years. You know, I mean, for 40 years, I mean, he was living, you know, high on the hog. But something wasn't right. And he spent the next 40 years in the wilderness determining what it was that wasn't right. And the last 40 years of his life, he led... All of, all of the Israel nation out of captivity. And what he was supposed to do, he was leading them out to do what? To leave them in the wilderness? No. He, the Psalm said he led them out to lead them in. But they hadn't got Egypt out of them, so it took 40 years. Most of them died in the wilderness, and the ones that didn't, they took the rest of the new babies and all, everybody into the promised land. And that's the way it works today, but... It doesn't matter how old you are, you can fulfill whatever God intended for you to feel in two weeks. In a month. In five years. God doesn't need a whole lifetime, He just needs a willing heart. And He needs a heart to know 
that Jesus is the one for everything that we need in life. And when we know that, when we know He's the one, we can do anything God puts before us. Can you say amen? He said, I'm back in Ephesians 1, because of His great love, He ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in His eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in His perfect plan to adopt us. Everybody say always. It was always in His perfect plan that started when? Before the foundation of the world. To adopt us as His delightful children through our union with Jesus, the Anointed One. So that His tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify His grace for the same love He has for the beloved Jesus, He has for us. God so loved you and I that He gave the best of heaven. He loves me as much as He loves Jesus. He loves you as much as He loves Him. Did He say that? And He said, and this unfolding plan brings Him great pleasure. Started before the foundation of the world, it began to kick in when Adam and Eve got nervous and they screwed up the plan. Then for 4,000 years, everything lined up so that the day came when the angel came to Mary and said what he said, and she said, so be it, according to the Word of God. And right there was the conception of the promise and the plan that had been established before the foundation of the world. And He is that one who died for me, who loves me in spite of me, who empowers me in spite of me if I will allow Him and do the things that He tells me to do. Can you say amen? Same with you and I today. In a greater way, in John 1 and starting with verse 1, we see him as who he was and who he became. God, in the beginning, uh, this is John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He was before the beginning, but here we see He was in the beginning also. All things were made through Him. Why? Because He was the Word. When God said, light be, and light was, the Father was speaking Jesus. But it wasn't Jesus yet, He was the living Word. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the light was the light of men, and the light that came from Him, the light that is Him, shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. 
He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. And verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's the one. There is no other one. And when Jesus was talking to His disciples and trying to convince them of this, in John 14, Thomas asked Him these questions, how, how, how do we believe this? How do we know this? How do we understand this? And in John 14, 6, Jesus just said this. Jesus said to him, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one, no one, all roads lead to heaven. One road. And, and you know, I used to think that everybody in the church believed this. But now I'm realizing that ain't true. And if you have a hard time with this, you got to work it out. Because if you have a hard time with this, the enemy will talk you out of all kinds of things. You know me, most of you do, and you know how my life is an open book to ministering to people everywhere. If I'm on an airplane, I'm listening to God. Some of the greatest ministry times I've had have been on airplanes, people sitting next to me. And I'm open, and I, and I realize that the revelation that I have in the Word of God, there are people that don't have that revelation, and I can't, I can't judge people or minister to people from my revelation, I've got to come to their level, and we have to learn how to do that. But that doesn't mean we compromise our convictions. I'll just tell you right now, some of the most admired people on the planet are people that stand for their convictions, whether they're saved or not. I mean, you, can have, you can have a conviction, and you're doing something because of a conviction, and it not even be something that's legal or right. But, man, you believe in it. People that I've known from my days living near the border, um, about 40 miles from the Juarez border in, in New Mexico, I lived, and I was around a lot of people that were part of, you know, the mafia in the days in Sun, uh, Sunland Park. I mean, in, uh, uh, yeah, Sunland Park down right at the border there between New Mexico and, and uh and El Paso, and, and, you know, in those days, because I was in the golf world, I, I, I met a lot of guys that were huge gamblers that, you know, you'd see a guy one day, and, and the next day you wouldn't see the guy, and somebody said, well, he lost on the golf course, and you just kind of think that, well, you know, I don't know, but maybe he's just not around anymore, you know, and, and you don't know where the guy went and never see him again. And, and it's because of people that had convictions and believed in what they did, 
whether it was wrong or not, they had convictions and believed in it, and they had like a connection. And if you went against them and you cheated them and, and you did something, if you, I mean, if you were part of the family, right, if you were part of that family in the mafia, they would protect you and care for you. But if you lied to them, you're out. And I, and I, I just, I was, I, I was around people like that that had those kind of convictions. There are people that I know that have strong convictions about their belief uh, of certain things, even that have to do with Jesus Christ, but they're off from the Scripture. But they have convictions, and they go around, and they go door to door, and they knock on doors and tell people about God, but what they, they, they don't believe in the blood of Jesus Christ. We just got through running, reading about the blood of Jesus. He's the one because of the blood right? You can talk about Jesus, you know, from a historical standpoint all day long, and there's different religions that believe in that He was a good man. But true Christians believe He was the one because of the blood. Can you say amen? But I've seen people with strong convictions, and I mean, I mean tirelessly go around and try to tell people about the God of their world, and it's off. And I've ministered to many of those people. And you're not going to shove your, your beliefs down their throats and them ever receive. You have to receive them, but then when it comes to the blood, you've got to be honest with them. But there's a way to be honest with people like that and still love them. Because if you're ugly to them, and you, you know, early on in my Christian walk, man, I was, I was violent with them, you know. I was, some, I was at my sister's house one day, and somebody came up and said they were this, of this religion or whatever, and man, I was chasing that guy down the street, yelling and screaming at him, casting the devil out of him, you know. I mean, I, I, all I'd heard was what other people said about him, and they were, they were devils, you know. And so I, that's what I was doing. I was yelling, screaming, hollering. I didn't know what I was doing. I was too stupid to understand. But over time, I learned... And now I've got a lot of really good seed in a lot of people that don't believe the way I do, but that seed's there, and the seed that I planted in them won't return void, but it will accomplish what it was set out to accomplish in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Glory to God. It will be accomplished. So he told Thomas, I am the way. Thomas kept saying, how do we know the way? I'm the way. How do we know, how do you know that what I'm saying is the fact that He is the way? In the Word. He's the living Word. He became flesh. He became the Son. He dwelt among us. He became like us to lead us into that place where we do the things He did and even greater works because now He's at the right hand of the Father. He represents us, but we're there with Him. Now we can do anything and everything that He did because of where He's at. And we got to believe He was that one. Can you say amen? 1 John 5 and verse 1 says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. You believe that? If you believe Jesus is the Christ, then you're born of God. And everyone who loves the Father 
loves his child as well. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is verse 4. Everyone born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Jesus is the Savior of the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith in the fact that He truly did what He said He did. When I have faith that He's the one, then my faith in the one that overcame the world empowers me to overcome the world. We are world overcomers that are overcoming day by day because we have faith that He's the one. Say it again, He's the one. He's the one for you and I. Verse 10 in 1 John 5. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever believes not, whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar. Because they have not believed the testimony God has given about His Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Whoever has the Son has life. God has given us eternal life through the one that He sent. You and I just have to believe He's truly the one that was sent. Part of this and what I'm sharing with you today is truly elementary. But there's not anything from God's Word you don't need to be stirred up and reminded of and challenged on because there's so much information out there that's coming at us. We live in a, on an information highway, I mean, coming from so many directions, trying to convince us about so many things. And I'll just tell you today, you've got to believe the Word that is preached from the ones you believe in. So you've got to know people, and you've got to be around people. It's not just hearing a good word. But you've got to believe that the people that you're hearing from are hearing from God. You've got to be around it enough to be able to be convinced of that. You see? Because it's not the word you hear preached that will liberate your life. That's where it starts. But it's the word that the Holy Spirit reveals to you that will liberate your life. But where do you get that from? From the word preached. John 10 tells us that. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by what? By the Word of God. And it's the Word that is preached, it says in that passage. The Word preached to you. That's where it begins. That's not where it ends. That's where it begins. Then I've got to receive that, take it, do something with it. That's what makes the difference in, in, in my life, in your life. Can you say amen to that? 
Acts 2 and 21 says this, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everybody say again, He's the one. He's the one for everything in your life. You're in my life is affected if we accept Him as the one that has saved me. Number one, the one that died for me, that chose me. The Father loved me so much that He gave the best of heaven. And Jesus in the garden chose me when He could have chosen another way, another cup, another way to get to there, or, 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 or even a way out of what he was going to have to face. No, he chose me. He chose you. And in this verse he says, it shall come to pass that those that call on the name of the Lord will be saved from their sins, saved from sickness and disease, Saved from lack and poverty? Saved from oppression of any kind in this life? I don't care what it is. Saved from anything and everything. All those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can you say amen? Amen. Psalm 103 and verse 2 through 4, I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. And I'm just going to give you what I just said in psalm form. Psalm 103.2. Let all that I am praise the Lord. This is the New Living Translation. David says, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that that He does for me. And I'll say it like this. Let us never forget the good thing that He did for us, and for the good things that He continues to do for us. For Him to continue to do things for me, I have to believe that He did that good thing for me. That He was the one, He was the anointed one, He was the Messiah. He came, He accomplished what He accomplished, and now the Savior of the world is my Savior. And now I'm on a mission to see the rest of the world saved. How about you? Everywhere we go and everything that we do is about the salvation of people's lives. But it begins with you and I. David said for himself, may I never forget the good things that he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. And you can read on and on and on about what he does. But I like the statement here where David says, May I never forget, and I'll even say from one day to the next, May I never forget the good things that he does for me. Not that he's done only. He did, one, he did something for me that ever lives and ever continues. 
But may I never forget that I am forgiven for every sin I've ever committed and ever will commit. I'm already forgiven before I commit them. I'm already delivered of every sickness or disease or anything that would ever come against my physical body. I'm already delivered today. May I never forget it every day. How do you not forget it? By daily, in your daily routines, making declaration with your mouth of the good things of God and believing in what you're doing. You have to believe it or you won't do it. The repetition of declaring the Word is not to change the circumstance in the moment around you. It's to change the way you think. And because we have so much information coming in on a day-to-day basis about other things, if you're not declaring the Word daily, over time, you forget what the Word says. You forget all kinds of things. I was talking to a guy a while back, and, uh, and he, he'd, he'd been through some really difficult times. I'm just going to give you this one testimony, and I'm done. But he'd been through some really difficult times in his life. He'd, he's in the ministry, and he'd been through, through some difficult times, and he said, you know, um, he, was, he was pastoring a church in, on the East Coast, and, and, uh, and it just kind of went to pot. And some really ugly things happened in the church and a lot of division. And, and, um, and the church actually kicked him out of the church. And um, he began to tell me, he began to tell me all of the changes that he made in his life. And he said, you know, I don't know how I allowed myself to get to this place. But he said, God never told me to make those changes. And he said, I got to a place where I was, I I succumbed to intimidation. Um, People kind of threatening me or whatever that they were going to leave my church and and if if I didn't do the things that he said. And he said, what happened was I forgot where I came from. And I can't tell you how many testimonies through the years that I've heard of people that things didn't go well for them when they forgot where they came from. He said, I forgot the foundation that was laid in my life. I left the Word over here and I got busy with the ministry, this guy said. I got busy doing my thing. And he said, and now today, and God... You know, when I was talking to him, it had been a couple of years since all this had happened, and God was restoring those things because he went back to where he forgot. He went back to the place that he left. And God began to restore, and is even today, I haven't talked to him in a while, but even to, to this day, is restoring his life and ministry and family and the whole thing because he went back to where he came from. Well, I'm just telling you today, where each one of you and I have originated from is Him. (laughs) And He's the one. He's the Savior of the world. And I'm in this world. I'm not of this world, but I I live in it. Amen? And I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. 
I'm set free. I'm on top and I'm not underneath. I'm blessed coming in, going out. Everything I set my hand to is prospering because He's the one. Hmm? Not because I make those confessions every day. If I don't make those confessions, then I don't really believe that He's the one. It's not just the confessions that I make. I make them because He said do that. And when I do it, then I'm reminded every day, Jesus is the one. Can you say amen to that? He is the one. I am all this, all these, well, this is the last Sunday of this month, but the first three Sundays of this next month, I'm going to spend time looking through Scripture the way I did today at the fact that He's the one. The title of my message is Jesus, Savior of the World, but my <clears throat> second part of my title is He's the One. And I want you to walk away from this series reminded in your life, He's the one for me. He's the one for me. He's done it all for me. He's given me everything that I have. Without Him, I'm nothing. With Him, I can do all things. Can you say amen? He is the one. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.